Welcome to Inside the Nest. It's the official podcast of Kennesaw State University Athletics. I'm your host, Nolan Alexander. Today, a special guest, the commissioner of the ASUN Conference, Ted Gumbart, is featured to discuss ASUN expansion from last week with the additions of Jacksonville State, Eastern Kentucky, and Central Arkansas, and their creation of ASUN football. And what does that mean for Kennesaw State as far as a possible timeline to joining ASUN football and its start? Inside the Nest is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. Fifth Third Bank, the official bank of KSU Athletics. This is fandom of Fifth Third Better. Visit 53.com for more information. In addition to Commissioner Gumbart, we're joined by head coach Keith Shunzel for KSU Volleyball as the Owls look to defend their A-Sun crown from 2019, getting started this weekend on the road in Louisville against Bellarmine. So with Commissioner Gumbart, we discussed a wide range of topics with the start of expansion with these three teams, really what took effect with it. The, again, A-Sun football, a possible timeline, three options that are on the table for this fall as far as scheduling goes. I asked, did Kennesaw State's success as the most successful startup in college football history have an impact on creating football in the A-Sun? We get Commissioner's answer. And then some other questions as well as I had to ask, who does he think a sixth member could be for A-Sun football? We'll see what he says. And then the location of Atlanta and Kennesaw State and how that factors into future plans for the A-Sun. So all that and more coming up with Commissioner Gumbart, who joins us here on Inside the Nest. We're excited to have Commissioner Ted Gumbart join us on Inside the Nest for the first time. And Commissioner, I'm going to get right to the heavy stuff. How many fines have you levied in kangaroo court for your Twitter crusade to make sure that everyone pronounces and writes a sun conference as opposed to Atlantic sun or a dash sun? Eight. What's the, been the biggest one? A uh, thousand bucks. <laughs> have they paid off? No. <laughs> is there, is but we there do a... give them an alternative. We, <laughs> we tell them if, uh, if they follow a sun sports or now a sun football or a sun commission uh, that the fine can be waived, but uh, yeah, we've, we've been on that and you know, you just got to keep people straight. You can't have, you can't have just chaos out there in the Twitter sphere that that's not good for anyone. What's one big struggle that if you could just snap your fingers, that would really help resolve the issue that you wish you could do right now. Have all media with a complete understanding of what the a sun is and what ccsa is okay should we take a stab at it yeah all right well a sun conference obviously is our current conference it's a multi-sport conference because in the ncaa uh they have institutional members but they also have conference members and the ASUN is a member of Division One, and we are a multi-sport conference, and we are a core conference, C-O-R-E. And that means you're written in the book and you get a seat at the table when you vote. Uh, the CCSA, which stands for Coastal Collegiate Sports Association, is an NCAA Division One conference, but it's not a multi-sport conference. 
Uh, in fact, the CCSA runs two single sport conferences, uh, beach volleyball and men and women swimming and diving. Neither of those sports are currently AQ sports. So there's another set of rules that apply if you're a single sport conference versus a multi-sport conference. And uh, the CCSA is a flexible place. It's kind of the neutral ground. Uh, if we have more beach volleyball programs that want to be in the A-Sun than re we really wanted because we were the first conference to start it. And as schools added it, they all wanted a place and they all wanted in the A-Sun. And we said, you know what? We don't need to be 16 or 20 A-Sun schools. Let's start a new league. And so we started a new league for all the places that didn't have a home. You know, we've got three SEC schools, one ACC school, one Big 12 school, one American Athletic Conference School. Uh, so we, we just did that. Uh, we started it for swimming and we had three and the Southern had three and the MEAC had three and the Big South had three. And so we started it as really just a neutral ground where we could put on a championship and the schools get billed uh, an assessment every year to get the budget back to zero. So, you know, it's we we only do it for the benefit of the student athletes and the schools and their departments to have a championship. So in a sense, that's a very satisfying part of what we do, mm -hmm. but it is hard to explain, you know, Hey, well, what's the CCSA and how come you guys get to do it? And I said, well, uh, because we did. Commissioner Gumbart with us on Inside the Nest, and the reason we invited Commissioner Gumbart on was because of Friday's big news with three additions to the A-Sun coming next school year, Jacksonville State, Eastern Kentucky, and Central Arkansas. It's been fun to follow along, you know, keep up on Twitter through the great vinyl of rumors that go through, and then finally see everything come to fruition. I know this was a long process. It wasn't a snap of the finger. What's one thing through this entire process that you've learned that you didn't expect to learn? Well, I like the question and uh, I'm glad to be here inside the nest. And uh, I will tell you when, whenever I'm at a football game, I generally take a picture of uh, Scrappy and send it out to some people to prove that I'm at the game. Uh, so the one thing I learned uh, and I continue to learn, we tell people, hey, we're in higher ed, we better keep learning. You know, we are teachers, but we're students all at the same time. So one thing I've learned through this is that more than ever, people do business with people. And, you know, whether you're the ASON or Eastern Kentucky University, or whether you're Kennesaw State or the Big South, or whatever's name you've got going on, that if you want to build a partnership, it's the people that make the difference. And you talk to the president and you talk to the AD and you talk to uh, coaches and student athletes that, uh, sure, we all want to win. We want to be successful. We want to achieve. We want success. Uh, we want satisfaction, uh, whatever you define that as. But that in the end, to get a partnership, you've got to have a meeting of the minds with the people uh, and I think that's what's been very gratifying about this. We've never had a multiple school expansion. Uh, we did have two at the same time, but they were kind of unrelated. Uh, back when Kennesaw State actually came into the conference, uh, it was at the exact same time as North Florida. And we did those press conferences very close to each other because there was a deadline 
for the NCAA. And, uh, you know, again, we worked with the people at Kennesaw State. And I still remember that day at that press conference, one of the big questions was, well, what about football? And uh, so I was there for that press conference. I was there when the Big South announced Kennesaw was coming in and uh, enjoyed that day. And uh, Friday was another big day. And then I'll tell you, we've got a February 23rd. We're going to do another uh, press conference. It'll be football only. And uh, we're going to originate the broadcast from the Chick-fil-A uh, College Football Hall of Fame. So you guys are in the neighborhood. You ought to come down and, and uh, maybe we can get you to, to host the broadcast from, you know, you could broadcast it live from uh, the Hall of Fame. We'll, we'll figure that out. You slide a check my way. I'm down. All right. <laughs> well, is it okay if instead of numbers it has v o i d written on it would that be okay <laughs> yeah i'm not so sure about that commissioner everything's a negotiation <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll consider them open and ongoing <laughs> well I, I that's a good point and i do want to come back to that on february 23rd but going back to your point of the first time having a multiple team expansion. Was it tricky considering you pulled from two different conferences into the A-Sun to try to get it on this timeline? Well, timelines are always tricky because uh, things don't get done without deadlines, but if they're not true deadlines, people know that, you know, you give them a false deadline and you're like, well, what's he going to do? Just not work with me after that day. And so you've got to go together. We just really had good cooperation with these schools once the three of them, because they have good relationships between the three. And so we set what we wanted the timeline to be. And we kind of uh, agreed to uh, a term sheet that was non-binding. And mm -hmm. so once we got the nine binding term sheet, it provided the, the roadmap to get the, what we call the long form done. And, uh, and we did it. We stayed on task. We got it done. And there was a lot of cooperation between those three. Uh, the, the ADs in particular are, uh, they're all really good athletics directors, but they're really good communicators. And uh, between the three of them and me and uh, Jerome on my staff and uh, our leadership team, we jumped on a lot of Zooms and uh, just say, hey, here's what's come up. How are you guys handling it? And, and uh, just communication really was the key to, to sync up three institutions from two different conferences on the same timeline and to do it all on the same day. And of course, there's no secrets in higher ed. Somebody always knows what you're up to. Uh, we knew the WAC was doing their uh, possible deal uh, while we were doing ours. And, and I good friends with Jeff Hurd, the commissioner there. He said, hey, this took over a year. I said, I know, I know, we've been at it too. So we both knew there was an announcement coming and uh, you know they, they got the, the spotlight first, but we also got to watch and say, hmm, you know, we're gonna do it a little differently. So uh, really good, good news, good celebrations. And uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, extra work, but we've got a great staff. We've got great uh, communication lines with our schools. And I just think it was another, we've been saying this in the office, A-Sun wins. Uh, you know, there's been an opportunity to get something done and we did it. So A-Sun wins. Obviously, conference expansion and conference membership is a fluid process for not just the A-Sun, but anyone. If you could go back 
to kind of the birth for expansion, whether it's related to all three schools or just one to they got the domino rolling. When would you put that birth? For this, you know, you're always looking at options. So you say, hey, we better have a three and a five year plan. And you can't say this is it. If we don't do this, you know, we're dead. It's always flexible and you have to adapt as the market changes. I mean, we didn't plan on a pandemic. That was not part of our membership plan. It says, all right, we'll get halfway done. Then we'll have a pandemic. And then we'll get these other people and their budgets will dictate, you know. I would that, be very concerned if that came up into the strategic plan. I would have a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, that would not be a good thing. Uh, so I'll tell you, it did not happen that way. What, what did happen was uh, a study that probably was spring of 18 that uh, we're talking about membership and where we're headed. And, uh, you know, NJIT is in the league and Bellarmine is not in the league at this time. And we're looking at what is the ideal a son. And we came back to football, just said, look, we've got uh, at the time we had five schools that played football to it non-scholarship, which was Jacksonville and Stetson and Jacksonville subsequently dropped as I'm sure your fans know. And then Liberty uh, was playing FBS independent. And uh, we had Kennesaw and UNA who had just come in playing at the FCS level. We said, we've got to find that answer. And it was either dive in or get out on football and we said, let's let's dive in because the advantage we have is that we didn't have football. So we could pick a set of like-minded institutions that wanted to compete together in a, a Southeastern regional league. And one of the important things we said is we want to be the best. We intend to be the top ranked FCS conference. And it's not a five to 10 year plan. We want to be at the top from the start. So the five committed and have a, a, a vision that they've all bought into. And, uh, but it was really back at that point. And we brought a proposal to the president's council in an Atlanta meeting in November of 18. Hmm. Uh, and they said, okay, build it. And we spent a year building it. Uh, and then they approved the plan in November of 19. And so since then, We've been activating it and talking to schools and, you know, all of those conversations, people, well, who do you talk to? Who are you talking to? You're talking to my school. I tell people, I said, I am talking to everybody all the time. So if you're wondering if I'm checking in with your school, I probably have, you know, go ask them, whatever they tell you is the truth. I'm doing my job. I'm building and we expect to expand. And so of course, January a year ago, uh, now, more than a year ago, we dropped the video that said we have plans to uh, have a major expansion and start football. So, uh, yeah, nothing like this happens in a, a snap. And, uh, you know, we're just glad we were able to, as the proverbial line is, uh, push it over the goal line. Mm -hmm. So touchdown Friday. So, look, I saw a video out there. You mentioned all these other teams potentially also joining a future expansion. What was the deal breaker for Clemson and Alabama football to not join the ASUN? Well, you know what? I do have to tell you straight up that uh, we were going to do a release and uh, put it out there that Alabama and Clemson had declined an invitation to the ASUN. But we thought, you know what? That'll confuse people because they're FBS and right now we're FCS. 
and they'd be wondering whether our teams were going up or their teams were coming down. And we just didn't want to create that media confusion. So uh, we just halted those discussions. And uh, when I did that video, of course, I was just pointing in the air. Those little pop-up logos weren't there. And I was not consulted about those. And so there's, you know, there's a little sore, sore point right there. But, hey, uh, you got to seed some creative control if you're going to get your team behind you. So that's, you know. I'm not saying it'll never happen, but there's no plans right now. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily a no, it's just a not now. There you go. That's exactly right. Yeah, we have a good sense of humor on media. Uh, I ask quite often, you know, there'll be some job, you know, the commissioner of the NHL comes open or something like that. And my media team will say, do you want us to say that you've removed your name from consideration? I'm like, yeah, put that out there. You know, Commissioner Ted Gumbard of the A-Sun has removed his name from consideration. People are like, well, I didn't even know he was being considered. I said, well, I didn't have to be considered. I've just removed it. And uh, so it's like you, Nolan, you should probably uh, declare for the NBA draft. Go ahead and declare, you know, take a stand. Let people know if you're available or not. If, and, and if you're available, then, you know, you might get chosen. But if, if, you, if you pull out, no one will ever draft you. I mean, you got to declare. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Wayne Gretzky. There you go. Scott. So, <laughs> Very nice. I like it. <laughs> so uh, back to the start and, and kind of going off that timeline and, and wanting to establish FCS football. Did Kennesaw State's success as the best startup in college football history have an impact on creating an FCS league? Absolutely. Of course it did. And uh, Kennesaw State also, if, again, you snap your fingers, you want people to know everything about your league. Kennesaw is right near Atlanta. I mean, you guys are right there. Uh, Atlanta is a very desirable place for football teams to play. A lot of value in the market, in the connection to your alumni, the connection to your fan base and donors, your connection to future student athletes, to future students. It's a great value. So Kennesaw, by virtue of its program and building the success, was, was huge. The fact that it is, you know, basically the geographic center of the A-Sun was also a big focal point. And the fact that it, uh, you know, after the uh, Southern Poly uh, realignment in becoming a stronger institution overall, and, uh, you know, that was a benefit for the institution, we did talk about how we can uh, build around that. And it didn't hurt when Jacksonville State uh, came over and played, what was it, five overtimes? Did you mm -hmm. need a few lozenges that day? So that was right before I got to Kennesaw State, but uh, I oh, have seen right. the highlights. I've heard about it. Uh, I can't wait for another Kennesaw State-Jacksonville State game. Yep, and I think that was voted the best game of the year in FCS. Mm -hmm. And uh, those two, it was like, well, you guys should play every year. And they both agreed, we should. And I said, well, Greg, you should come over. And he goes, you got to have a football league. I can't join a non-football league. And so the seeds, you know, have been there. Uh, but it's like, how do we get football? Because Jacksonville State, a former member of the A-Sun when we were the TAC, they'd say, look, we would entertain it, but you got to have football. And uh, the video that we put out a year ago, uh, Matt Roan wasn't even at EKU. He was down at uh, Nichols State, I believe. And uh, in moving, he was an associate 
at EKU and then took the head job at Nichols and then got the head job at, at EKU. Uh, called and said, I'd like to know more. And then uh, as things moved, and we're sort of like, well, who can be, you know, who can be next? Who else could join us? Uh, we had a lot of discussions and finally ended up, as I said, you, you, people do business with people and you have to have a shared vision or you're not going to be working towards the same outcome. So those three schools uh, shared the same vision. They all want to be builders and start something new. And we said, hey, we announced this. We will get more calls. And I'm, I'm not going to discuss who, but we've already gotten a few calls. We'd like to take this time to thank our proud partner, Coca-Cola, for being the beverage choice of KSU Athletics events. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Inside the Nest with ASUN Commissioner Ted Gumbart. Inside the Nest is available wherever you listen to podcasts, so be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on your favorite platform. It's time for today's Wellstar Wellness Tip of the Podcast. Preventative care is often the first step in staying healthy especially during the COVID-19 outbreak. Whether you're on or off the court, Wellstar primary doctors are always on your team. To book an appointment, visit wellstar.org. Let's get back to our visit with ASUN Commissioner Ted Gumbart on Inside the Nest. ASUN Commissioner Ted Gumbart joins us on Inside the Nest. Commissioner, you said you want ASUN football to be the best FCS conference, not years down the line, but as soon as it can start competing. You've said before in interviews, and I'm not going to be able to give credit, it slips my mind and I hate it, but you said a focus for the A-Sun to grow as a conference and to be stronger is having basketball as a primary sport. And I think we've seen the effects from FGCU earlier in the decade with Dunk City and their run and, and how that helped boost the A-Sun and boost FGCU. Looking at football, to get football where you want it to be and quickly, what can the conference do to help support the football playing schools to reach that goal? Well, I think two things, uh, just for all your fans to know that uh, the ASUN football group is going to add value to the whole group. You know, our media package will have a higher value because it includes football. So we're all going to benefit but the football folks will have uh, a specific set of uh, revenue options that will be reserved to them. So if we, if we get a media deal and we need to identify how much is basketball and how much is football, we've got professional partners that will do that for us. But football uh, for the conference to, to support them is to do exactly what we're doing. We were the number one ranked uh, social media engagement conference in the uh, division one subdivision. And now we're moving into FCS beginning July one, we expect to be number one there. So promotion and engagement and showing the fans what we have to offer. Uh, one thing we intend to do, it's pretty hard to say it's a hundred percent, but it's our intention is to use our, our video uh, capabilities and the skills of our social media and our video broadcasting team to put together a game day show. And much like ESPN's game day, uh, we'll want to have an ASUN game day and use that to promote to all the audiences that follow football. And so now those audiences will hear about the ASUN. They'll hear about our 70% of student athletes all get 
the academic honors in our conference and we'll tell those stories and we just get a bigger audience. So it's, it helps both ways. Our established success in basketball will allow us to reach audiences to tell them about football and the football audiences will be new. Some of those folks uh, will be new. And uh, in fact, I had an EKU face mask that uh, is in my car. So when I forget, you know, my normal one, I pull that one out and throw it on. I was at the grocery store and I had that on and couple in front of me turned and said hey did you go to EKU and I said well I did but just for a football game I didn't go to school there and they said oh well, you know what are you doing I said well I'm with the ASUN conference I said oh you just joined them today and uh turns out they were student athletes one was a football player and one was a, a softball player and they'd gotten married and lived lived there in Macon where I was shopping and you know one by one you know it, it, the word gets out and we support each other and uh, that's what it's about. We, we want the student athletes to have a great experience and graduate. And then we want this, the institution to have uh, a more valuable impact with its name brand. So Kennesaw State uh, was in a lot of news the past three days because they're one of the five that are the charter members of ASUN football. A lot of questions lie out there of how do you get to the playoffs? When, when does ASUN football start with these new schools coming in? There's been rumors. Some might be in this conference. Others might be in another. What's the plan to address a path to the playoffs for ASUN football schools? Well, let's talk 2021 first, because that's the immediate year. And we'll have five guaranteed. And people say, well, is there a chance that someone could join you? Yes, there's always a chance. Uh, if we provide an opportunity uh, to someone and they accept it, then that would be great. All we can do is provide the opportunity. You know, we can't just tell people, you know, hey, you have to join the ASUN. We just provide an option. And if it's more attractive to the university than where they currently are, then they will consider it and give it, give it the evaluation and uh, analysis it deserves. So we're, we're doing that. There's no start and stop in that process, you present your, you know, what you have to offer and people evaluate it and we will work on it. So it's, it's not likely, but it's still possible we could have a group that would qualify for its own automatic bid. But we also have a pre-existing deal with the Big South. And that deal is that we have schools in our footprint that are automatically join the Big South just through our relationship. Now there is a footprint defined there and we'd have to flex on that a little bit if we brought all 12 together for next year. But the Big South has been collaborative with us. They've built a model that shows all 12 in a Big South schedule. And so those are options that are built and are ready to activate if, if that's where we decide to go together. Again, it's the Big South and the ASUN. And if we did that, we would want to stay partners with them and split so that we have two bids the following year uh, instead of being one group of 12 where UNA doesn't really contribute to the eligibility of the bid the following year they would so we'd have 12 we would divide into groups of six and six and uh, get two bids the third option is for 2021 only we would consider uh, leaving UNA and Kennesaw in the big south because uh, that schedule is already done. Uh, the contracts are already done. We don't have to back up on anything. And competitively, there is at least one thought that some of those schools are playing in the spring coming up. 
and Central Arkansas and uh, Eastern Kentucky are done. They are not playing in the spring. So competitively and just wear and tear, maybe it's better to just leave the Big South for 2021. So that competition would be amongst the same schools that are playing this spring, because that's going to be a challenge. How do you space out practice? How do you space out games? That there might be a reason to say, look, let's just leave that. And the three newcomers, uh, they need a schedule and they need access to AQ. Well, so do some others. Uh, and it's possible that we could work out a deal with some of those others that we would have what we're talking about in AQ7, that we might have seven schools that can apply for an automatic bid and uh, be eligible. And then in 2022, that group would break down and uh, the ASUN would have its own bid. We feel very confident we'll have uh, the needs for that in 22. But, uh, you know, those are three ways. But our focus is to guarantee him the AQ in 21. What's your relationship like with Big South Commissioner Kyle Kalander? Well, Kyle and I are friends. We do a lot of stuff together. And, uh, in fact, we've had discussions about lacrosse recently that uh, we have a partnership with the Southern Conference and as that evolves, uh, in men's lacrosse, the Southern has two, the Big South has two, and the A-Sun has two. Mm -hmm. Now we have some affiliates that we're, uh, you know, we feel allegiance to, and we don't want to leave them without access. So we were working on a plan to provide a new men's lacrosse league uh, with a combination of 12 schools. So just the willingness to call someone and say, hey, can you listen if he calls me or I call him, we've said, look, just lay it on me. I'll tell you if it doesn't work or I'll tell you if we're interested. But we trade ideas a lot. And uh, it doesn't mean that we don't recognize we're competitors in sometimes for uh, institutions as members. We're competitive for wins. We're competitive for all of that stuff. So there's no false uh, understanding that, hey, you know, because we're friends, you know, hey, you know, let's pull a deal on them. No, we're, we're both very experienced. We're both uh, professional at what we do. But if we can help each other, uh, at least we know we have a willing partner because we did it in football. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's a good thing to have, uh, an ally, you know. And uh, I would say the same for, for Jeff Hurd at the WAC. He's an ally. If we can find a way to work together that benefits both, we will. If, it, if it's a one-sided deal, we won't. And, you know, we all know who we work for. I have nine bosses right now. And as of Friday, I just moved to 12. That's who I work for. My job is to make their programs, their institution and their athletic programs uh, succeed uh, with the mission of the university. You know, just winning a basketball game is not written into the mission statement. Uh, you know, it's, it's better to win than lose. But the programs serve an awful lot of uh, different motivations. Number one, students first. You know, let's get them their education. And I'm first to tell you, I'll sit up there and talk as long as you want about the value of being on a team. Uh, there's nothing like it. It's the greatest education and live learning lab you'll ever be in. And, and, and for many, college is the last place. So it's you're at your uh, oldest point in life 
to still get that team learning benefit uh, that it's a tremendous thing. And so that's always first, but there's, there's uh, competition for dollars. There's competition for success. There's competition for uh, students. Uh, we know it's going to be an intense competitive market for students. And so we want to be, we want to be right there helping our schools succeed. ASUN Commissioner Ted Gumbar joins us on Inside the Nest. And Commissioner, I have one more football-related question before we wrap this up with some more ASUN-specific all-sports questions. You've kind of told us a little bit about it here, haven't gotten specific. And I know in your interviews, you always like to tease something or drop some little nugget that hasn't been said before. Would you like to volunteer any info on who could be a sixth member for ASUN football? Hmm. Who could be sixth? Well, what I hope is that it's a race that there's multiple schools that would like that slot and that we can tell them that, uh, there's multiple schools that are on our target list or our interest list, and that that is an ever evolving list. And so if we can get multiple schools wishing they were the sixth, then that would be good for us. And uh, again, I think I said we can be picky. Uh, when we orchestrated NJIT's departure from the ASUN, uh, we definitely uh, did just that. They had an opportunity, but we had some conditions on their membership agreement that they were not willing to break and told us up front we're you know we're only uh interested in uh fulfilling our agreements but we do have an opportunity and i said well we're all about opportunity let me uh look at that and see what we can build so we came to something that in the code of environment it made a heck of a lot of sense for njit to take a new home two years earlier than their uh, original membership agreement would have permitted without some financial uh ramifications that they were not going to pursue. So there's always some talk and you'd never know if it's going to result in something. So we always prefer to have those discussions privately because if someone decides they're not interested, they were, and then they change their mind, you don't want that institution uh, to then have to go back to where they were with the understanding they tried to get out but couldn't do it. Uh, I guess one analogy is if you have a, uh, a spouse or a significant other and you went to that person and said, uh, you know, I love you and I want to be with you, but only until I find someone better. That, that's really not the foundation of a good partnership. So that's the reason we don't like to talk about it uh, publicly. It does make it easier for us, but that's not the reason why you do it. You do it to protect the uh, interests and the welfare of, of the institution. If somebody makes a big run to get in the ASUN and we decide we're not ready to take them, uh, they don't want it in the newspaper that they tried to get in and we rejected them. That's a bad story. Uh, it's not good for them. It makes us look exclusionary. And so, uh, yeah, we love to tease stuff. But I would tell you the tease is that uh, there isn't, you know, a leading contender. There's uh, hope that we can create a little competition and be picky. I agree with well, everything. What would, you what would your suggestions be if there were three 
you know, you can go out and say names. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to or not? I mean, sure. Yeah. Well, let me start out by saying this. One, I agree with what you said. And if I was in your shoes, I would have said something along the same thing. But fans want to know. So I feel like I had yeah. to ask the question. Yeah. If I if I was in, if, if I were to suggest names, I would think somewhere along the geographical lines of Tennessee, uh, forming something that's similar to kind of like a travel partner for Lipscomb. I would think Chattanooga. I would think Austin P. And I haven't heard this name thrown around, but you started out with the word race. And so Murray State came to mind. And that continues what we have in Kentucky now. So there's three for me. All right. Well, that's great. I appreciate you being willing to name schools. I don't see if I name schools, nobody cares. You name yeah. schools, then it's a headline. Well, yeah. Clemson, Alabama, Harvard. <laughs> so also in the news on Friday, it was stated that the ASUN wants to continue divisional play, something that was introduced this year with the effects of COVID-19. Thinking along the lines for that, planning ahead just two divisions, has there been any entertainment for doing something innovative and different as far as maybe a pod into three or four groups? Well, number one, we waited till Friday's announcement before we put the scheduling committees to work. We have models, but we want it to be fully integrated and have 12 people working on them together, not nine. And uh, the second thing, as you said, would there be any consideration of doing something innovative? That's who we are. That's the ASUN. We are the innovative. We are the visionary and the bold. So I would say absolutely we're open to that. And I will tell you a uh, point of history. Our heyday in getting at-large bids in the baseball tournament came from a two to three year span where we played in three divisions. And we took the first weekend of our tournament and 12 teams played. And we played two out of three. And the winners of those series came together for a six-team final round. And what that did is when you start your final round, the six teams that showed up, they each had two more wins than the NCAA limit would allow because that first round was part of our tournament. So tournament games don't count in the season limit. So there's 12 more wins that were in that pod. And then we played the tournament. And I'll tell you, there is a big difference uh, when you have 40 wins for baseball. That's the magic mark. You get 40, you're in and they have to find a way to take you out. Uh, it's it's <clears throat> with the schedules we play, any team that gets 40 should always be in. Well, if you get two more wins and then you're playing teams that all have two more wins, you've got 12 more wins in your RPI calculation. And instead of 38 or 39, maybe you got 40 or 41. So that was huge. And so that is something we are going to discuss and, and it's all a cost-benefit analysis, you know, that what's the trade-off of playing this schedule versus that schedule? And what's the trade-off of this tournament format versus that tournament format? And uh, so, yeah, we've got a lot of work to do. We promised schedules no later than the 19th of February. we got to give them at least 10 days to review them. So we've got about eight or nine days to, to put out model one on scheduling. Mm. So going back to your uh, the point you brought up about a conference later on in February, an, an event, I should say, at the Chick-fil-A College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta, which I've thought a little bit more on it, and maybe we can just work it out over a Chick-fil-A sandwich. I'm always down for that. 
but awesome. Fantastic. With that, are there more plans for the ASUN to host events in the city that's headquartered in Atlanta? Absolutely. In fact, we had a few things uh, in the works before the uh, pandemic set upon us, but we want to work with the local community. Our, our folks have set up a few uh, entities that can serve as the coordinators of some events. We would love to host an MTE in basketball and invite uh, you know, schools that would like to be in Atlanta and whether it's four or eight teams and we play two or three games, you know, in a special event, we'd love to do that for men and women's basketball. Uh, you know, now that we've got football going, uh, we would entertain the possibility of creating an Atlanta event. Now they all get to come to Atlanta every other year when they play Kennesaw, but some of the schools want to be in Atlanta once a year. And so we're looking at possibilities that uh, that might be an attraction to maybe some of those schools that we might be exploring. And we talk about value add that joining the ASUN has to add value. So if we're trying to get a football school, they want to know what's my schedule. What's it look like? Where am I going? You know, how much is my travel? What kind of revenue will I make? And, you know, they got to compare it to their schedule now. Uh, if I can lower my costs and raise revenues because maybe I'll sell more tickets if I was playing these schools versus the group I'm playing now, those, those things matter. So, yeah, we're, we're looking at all of that. So definitely putting more events in Atlanta is on our agenda. All right. Three strikes, rapid fire questions. You can give me short answers. You down? I'm ready. Blue. All right. No, green. Ah! These are all for our new ASUN editions. Are you a fan of Central Arkansas's purple and gray turf? Yes. As a former SID, do you find yourself second-guessing the spelling of kernels at times? Yes. The colonial. No, the current. The, no. And it makes me think of Hogan's Heroes. Because <laughs> uh, that's where they use the word kernel the most in any program I've ever seen. Mm. Last one. Maybe not necessarily yes or a no. Any funny stories on seeing or hearing someone misidentify Jacksonville State and Jacksonville University? Oh, you know, you don't know what you just asked the commissioner if he has a funny story. <laughs> uh, I don't think your fans have the patience to go that long. But yes, many of them, and the most recent one, uh, when uh, Pete Thamel declared that uh, Central Arkansas, Eastern Kentucky, and Jacksonville we're definitely joining uh, the four WAC schools to form a league. And I tweeted back at him. I said, I can tell you 100% this ain't ha happening. And uh, I haven't heard from Pete, but he did uh, put out a follow-up that said, of course, I meant Jacksonville State. I'm like, well, you're the reporter. I mean, use your words. Words matter. If you meant Jacksonville State, why'd you say Jacksonville? Uh, so, yeah, I had to call their president and say, hey, I guess you guys are putting football back. Pete Thamel said so. And, uh, you know, that that was humorous. We, we like to use uh, those little things as uh, points of uh, promotion. If we can get a little pop from, from someone that has the audience that Pete does, and good for us. I hear you. Commissioner Gumbar, thank you so much for your time and your insight into the ASUN and ASUN expansion. We appreciate it here at Kennesaw State. We're looking forward to ASUN football and then hopefully seeing you later this month down in Atlanta. That sounds great. Thanks for having me on. And uh, hopefully it will be well received enough that you might invite me again. 
Looking forward to it. I think it will be. Thank you, sir. Holy hand-rolled tortillas. Does Chewy's know Tex-Mex or what? We're making our fresh tortillas all day long. Perfect for wrapping up Chewy's famous Chicka Chicka Boom Boom enchiladas. Stuffed with house-roasted chicken, smothered in spicy, cheesy Boom Boom sauce. Better have a handshake and fresh limerita handy. Just saying. So gather up your friends because you can dine in at Chewy's or get it to go. We even have meal kits available for pickup or delivery at order.chewy's.com. Locations in Kennesaw and Perimeter. Find us at Chewy's.com. See y'all at Chewy's. Get your favorite KSU apparel, name brand items, gifts, and more at the KSU Bookstore. Whether you're looking for an Adidas jersey, KSU sweatshirt, or a new hat, they've got you covered. Shop in their stadium store on game days, visit them in the Student Center, or shop online today. Visit the KSU Bookstore online at ksustore.kennesaw.edu. Thank you to Commissioner Gumbart for joining us on Inside the Nest. We're excited about the future of the A-Sun and A-Sun football with Kennesaw State. It's game week for Owls Volleyball as Kennesaw State hits the road to Louisville, Kentucky to take on the Bellarmine Knights. It's been some time since we've seen Keith Shunzel's Owls out on the floor. They won a 2019 A-Sun Tournament Championship and went on to represent the conference in the NCAA Tournament. The Owls are back on the floor to take on Bellarmine, and we get the inside scoop and the latest with Coach Shunzel on Inside the Nest. Keith Shunzel, our head volleyball coach, joins us on Inside the Nest. The Owls are slated to open up the spring 2021 season at Bellarmine this weekend in Louisville, Kentucky. Coach, you know... It's been, what, just a few days since the last match we played back in 2019? Not a long time at all, right? It, last season seems fresh, doesn't it? Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it's been a long, long time, Nolan, a long time. So we're, we're more than ready to play. In that time off, what do you think your team has grown the most at? Well, I think we were, we were already pretty good at it, but I think, you know, this whole situation has kind of forced you to go to the next level as far as being self-sufficient and internally motivated because um, there hasn't been a whole lot of carrots dangling in front of our players, right? So we didn't have a whole lot of games coming up. We didn't have fans coming in to watch us. We didn't, the things, the, the, the awards, the anything that might externally motivate you in the past for the last 14 months, frankly, hasn't been there. Hmm. Um, so, so I think, everybody was kind of forced to, to grow in that area, but that that's something that we always kind of did pretty well and tried to recruit that way anyway, and kind of tried to teach that way and, you know, put it on them that, Hey, this is your experience. This is your deal. We're going to help you as much as we possibly can and care for you and push you and, you know, do what we can on our end, but um, you're going to make it this, what you want to make of this. So uh, I think that's a big one as, as you kind of look at how this has all gone and what's, what's gone on around the country for the last year and however many months. Do you look at this season also as a reward for your team for having their season delayed and everything, all the sacrifices and discipline they've had to make to get to this point? No question. I, I want us to get to Friday and get to, you know, what this spring could be for nothing other than just to let our players compete and play and give them that reward of putting the Jersey on and competing with each other, you know, and that's reward is a great way to put it. Like you said, because they, they have gone over and above with 
trying to stay mentally fresh, trying to stay fit over this really long period of time, pushing themselves to get better and do all these things that they're really, really hard to do right now. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's been really hard for, you're seeing it in the pros, you're seeing it at every level that it is, it's, it's tough. Um, and so, yeah, I want to give our players that reward and, um, and just watch them go out and compete their butt off and, and be right behind them, giving them high fives and cheering them on because that's, that's, that's at the end of the day, you know, you don't just want to train, 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 train. You want to play at some point. <laughs> How have practices been over the past couple of weeks and have you had any difficulties as far as available bodies of trying to construct a practice? You know, when we got back after holiday break um, and we checked in right after the New Year's, we had two really, really good weeks of training. I mean, really good to the point where when we were leading up into the UAB week, what would have been the UAB week, I mean, we're coming back to the office after practice, like, man, we're in a good place. Like, we're going to be ready. Um, You know, and then um, unfortunately, we had a a positive and had to pause. And um, but that's, you know, you're going to see it all over the country. You've been seeing it with football, basketball, you're going to see it with every sport. Um, so it wasn't shocking when that had to happen. But um, I, I have been really proud of the way that our team has continued to train hard, to continue to improve, to continue to push themselves and each other, uh, because it, it would be easy to do the other, the other way right now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we've been a little low on bodies. I mean, this second, we have one middle available on our roster right now you know hopefully on Wednesday we'll get one more back but we're going to go into a game weekend um, and and really the one we're getting back is kind of a middle right side you know and she's not really a true middle middle blocker so we're going to go into our first conference match with basically 1.5 middles um, you know and and again you're going to be seeing it a lot you're going to be seeing teams with um, position groups that are limited Um, maybe there's only one setter available maybe there's you know you only have a couple outside hitters available and you don't really have a backup and, and you better deal with it because nobody really cares. Right. I mean, whatever we put on the court, Bellarmine's going to want to beat us. Right. And they don't, they don't care who's available, who's not and kind of the same way from us to them. Right. I mean, they're going to be awfully good. I can tell you that. Um, but maybe they don't have their whole team available. It doesn't matter to us. We still got to figure out a way to beat them. So it's um, you know, these challenges are going to continue, but as long as our team stays in, in that mindset of we're going to keep enjoying it. We're going to keep being passionate about it and and training hard when we get chances to train. And then, you know, hopefully we'll get a bunch of chances to play this spring. And I, and I think you'll see really good things out of this group. Head volleyball coach Keith Shunzel joins us on inside the nest. Well, coach, anytime uh, there's players that are unavailable and I mean, coaches, uh, training staff, really anything is running a program. That means there's also opportunities for someone else to step up and get more experience. Who have you seen uh, over the past few weeks that may have had more of an opportunity that's taken advantage of that and has risen up the ranks and may see more playing time? Yeah, it's, it's a good point. I mean, that's, and it was something that we talked about yesterday at the end of practice, actually, you know, that we have a lot of people that can play multiple positions and, and in a really good way, this spring is kind of built for teams like that. You know, you take a kid like Laney Van Trees, who came in whenever, a year and a half ago at this point, um, didn't play a whole lot fall of 19. Um, she's been a middle, she's been a right side. We've been training her on the left side and she is getting better week by week by week. And it's really cool to see because um, she's competing for a spot. Um, you know, all of our freshmen have come in 
and they're all competing to get on the court. And that's really neat to see. Um, you know, Claire Parsons in the middle is doing a fantastic job and just learning and getting stronger. And um, she's a joy to work with. And then um, Addie and Lou, our other two freshmen, you know, at the DS in the setting position, they're, they're soaking it up and they just work and they work and they keep getting better. And that's really cool, right? They're not phased by older players or the speed of the game or anything. They just come in and keep doing their thing. Um, and so it's, you know, to your point, it's, it's fun when you get players that, that see the opportunity that's there and they run with it. Right. And so the next step with any of those guys and, and not just the four that I mentioned, but we have other players that are stepped into roles that they haven't filled. Um, you know, the next step is when, when the lights go on and the jerseys go on, you know, do they keep running with it? Do they keep taking the opportunity and just enjoying the heck out of it and being really passionate and confident and trust, trust their teammates and trust their coaches and just go for it. Right. And that's, that's mm -hmm. what you want to see. But we have a lot of players that I feel like, um, you know, Jesse Cohen, you know, our, our junior setter who she sat behind Lexi Broadwater the last two years, you know, and she hasn't played a whole lot. She was a serving sub for us and did a great job, but you know, the offense is now on her shoulders. And so it's an awesome opportunity for her, you know, and I expect her to run with it. Um, and that's, as a coach, that's a cool thing. Bellarmine is a new foe. It's the first year the Knights are in the A-Sun. You said Bellarmine's going to come out pretty good. What's the scouting report in the Knights? What were they like as a Division II school? Well, look, they're, they're in a volleyball hotbed, Nolan. So Louisville is one of the Midwest hotbeds. And so they, they got it, you know, and that, and that area is known for super gritty players. Um, it's known for great ball control. They're going to play really fast. Um, you know, they're going to set it quick to the pins. They got some nice athletes with some good arms. The coach knows what she's doing. She's really good. And so they're, they're not, this is not a jump of a D2 to a D1 where they're going to be out of their league for the first three, four, five years. I mean, don't, don't be surprised if they win a lot more games than what people may, may think is going to happen in this league in year one. They're good. They were good in division two. They're going to be good in division one. So we're, we're going to need to be ready to play. I had a chance to run into Emma Scherfranz, her family, her father, and Emma popped by our broadcasting setup for basketball this weekend when uh, the men's team hosted Bellarmine. A bit of a nice homecoming for Emma going back to Louisville. I, I think whatever their capacity is, she's going to try to have about 40% of that crowd size is what is my guess. She, uh, I know she's already talking about how many different family members and friends, and she's trying to steal everybody's names on the pass list so she can throw more people on there, but... Uh, She's excited. How can you not be? You know, mm. she, she hasn't gotten to play at home, you know, where, where she grew up in her college career yet. So uh, she'll be fired up and uh, she'll be ready to go. She's been training her butt off and just she's a completely different player from the fall of 19. Just mm. her, her physicality, her confidence, her ability as a player to do more things on the court. I mean, she's um, she's going to be really special. Coach, best of luck to you, Emma, and all the Owls this weekend as Kennesaw State takes on Bellarmine on the road to open up the spring season. Thanks, Don. Thanks for joining us, Coach Shunzel, and best of luck to KSU Volleyball on the road this weekend. To follow the action, visit KSUOwls.com for your live stats and streaming links. Inside the Nest has been brought to you by Fifth Third Bank, the official bank of KSU Athletics. This is fandom of Fifth Third Better. Visit 53.com for more information. I'm Nolan Alexander. Thanks for listening with us today. If you have any questions about the additions to the A-Sun, its impact on Kennesaw State, and anything else going on with the Owls, be sure to visit us, ksuowls.com. 
follow us on Twitter at KSU Owl Nation or like our Facebook page at Kennesaw State Owls. Until next time, go Owls!